Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with our match reaction series as we dissect Arsenal's shocking, annoying, upsetting Carabao Cup exit against West Ham United. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie Barkley for this one. Charlie, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, not bad. I mean, I, sa I said to you before, like, don't get me wrong. It's obviously bad that we've gone out. I don't like the fact that we've gone out of a competition that, to be fair, we could have been pushing for really the uh, to to actually get the title. We haven't won. We obviously haven't won it for for quite a while. But out of all the competitions, obviously, this is probably the one that I would much rather us go out in if we are to go out in one of them. Uh, that obviously, that's not to say that <laughs> I don't want us to lose, but. Yeah, it's just one of those ones that it's like, it's a weird one. It's, it is a bit of a weird one for me that, because I am disappointed. I'm disappointed that it, that we lost in the way that we did. We lost by the score that we did. It's just a bit weird. Just a bit of a weird game, really. And a, a weird feeling that I'm feeling today after obviously going out. It's, it's not good when you go out of a competition. But, I mean, I guess it is what it is. And now we can kind of focus a bit more on the other competitions, uh, the ones that obviously have a bit more higher profile. And, and maybe that's what the players kind of had in their mind, that maybe that was why they didn't play so well. Maybe that was why West Ham played a bit, well, played better than us, frankly, to because they were like, right, OK, West Ham, yeah, we, we can we can push for this. We can we can challenge teams and actually and, and win the Carabao Cup, whereas Arsenal might have been thinking, I doubt they will, but... Maybe their mind was somewhere else. Maybe they're thinking, oh, it's okay if we go out because then we can completely focus on other things. I'm not obviously sure that that's going to be the case because it's not a very good mindset to have as players. But you know what I'm trying to say? It it might not have been as important to the players uh, as other competitions, essentially. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Hmm. Yes, yeah, for me, I think I'm in a similar sort of situation um, like you, I think. When the season starts, um, obviously you're in four competitions, Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup. Out of all of those um, competitions, you'd probably say the Carabao Cup is the least yeah. um, that we have to prioritise in terms of when you compare to the Champions League, Premier League and FA Cup. However, I think last night, what I was frustrated with and annoyed was more so of the fact that the players that have come in for the game, obviously they've not had that many opportunities um, throughout the season because of of our first team players playing at such a high level. And I think yesterday was an opportunity for those players, the likes of Kai Havertz, um, Reese Nelson, um, a few others, Aaron Ramsdale, um, Jakob Kirior, Fabio Vieira, for them to basically show Mikel Arteta, look, if there's a few injuries in the squad, which currently we do mm. have, we are starting to pick up a few injuries. I think Thomas Party is out until December. Reports <laughs> saying that Gabriel Jesus um, will be out until December. I wasn't really impressed by Eddie and Ketia. 
last night. And I think that's a worry as well. I think at home, he's a very good striker to have. But I think away from home, you've seen in the past, I think he's not scored in 18 away games, something like that. And that's not good enough for someone that should be filling the void of our number nine striker. So again, that is a slight worry. But yeah, more so of the fact I was... I wasn't really impressed by the deputy players that have come in. I think they could mm-hmm. have done a lot more. They could have shown Mikel Arteta, look, we want to try and get into the first team. But I think yesterday, it just wasn't good enough. It looked, look at Havertz, not mm-hmm. good enough. Again, like £65 million. These are the sort of games that he should be dictating when you don't have Martin Odegaard playing, when you don't have Bakaya Saka playing. It's not like we're speaking about a kid here. Yeah. So that was my frustration uh, with the game. Would you would you sort of agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think it was a weird. Uh, once again, it was a weird one because it was almost like we we had a decent amount of possession, but we just weren't doing anything with it. And players like Havertz, players like Fabio Vieira, which we'd actually been praising over the last however many weeks, and we were thinking, oh, I'd like to see a bit more of Vieira. Nelson, of course, as well. They weren't creating the amount of chances that that we'd expect in a game like this. I'm not saying that West Ham are a bad team. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying that first half they were West Ham. Apart from that own goal, there was nothing. We we completely dominated that first half, and it was just the fact that there was obviously a pull on Ramsdale's shirt, which you never know might have been overturned. Uh, And then, and then Ben White, obviously a, a, a lucky kind of. A flick on for them, but overall, it, yeah, we we dominated. We just couldn't get clear cut chances, and it only seemed like the clear cut chance that we got was was Odegaard's goal right at the end. We we didn't really seem to be creating that amount of chances that we wanted to. But I, I mean, I'm just going to speak on Enketia really quickly. You, you were saying that he just, just didn't seem like he was, he was good enough, or etc. etc. And the once again, these are the games that you'd hope that he would kind of step up, where he's going to want to try and prove himself again. Where Jesus has been is possibly out for the next how uh, a couple of months or however however long. But he he seems to be so on and off sometimes. Like where he, I think he had a really good start to the season. I think it was three or four games. Mm. Good, he was good, and then he kind of fell flat for a few games, and then yeah. obviously. He, uh, he did quite well. And then he's obviously scored the hat-trick against Sheffield. He is such an on-off player that I can't get my head around whether I like him so much and I think that he's going to be a brilliant striker for us. He's a great kind of replacement for Gabriel Jesus. And then there's times where I'm thinking he's not good enough and he's not a... In times where Jesus is just injured so often, which yeah. is really, really annoying, in times like this, you want a striker that is going to show up in these types of games that is going to kind of help push a push a team on that sometimes Gabriel Jesus does and you saw what he and you saw that against Sevilla how well he played you you would expect I say expect you would want someone that could do the same kind of thing and he just obviously hasn't been doing that every so often he does it sometimes but sometimes he doesn't and that's the problem that's the we, we want consistency. That I think that's the whole kind of package that we want. But then also with Havertz, that where he played, I don't think is his best position. I think his best position for us, from when I've seen him, has been a striker. But do you think do you think we've made the mistake then in terms of recruitment? Because 
when you go into the summer transfer window and a player like Granit Xhaka, his caliber to pass the club, I think we've missed him a lot this season. Yeah. I think yeah. what Granit Xhaka offered us last season within that midfield position, I think it was priceless. Mm. The goal contributions, um, the partnership that he had with Gabriel Martinelli, the way he was pressing from the front, but he could also defend. And I yeah. think that was a key attribute um, in terms of why that midfield cohesion was working so well, why the front three was working so well. It was fluid. And I think this season, it just looks like broken right mm. now. And I think when you go into a window and there's so many opportunities to buy a player of attacking potential, yeah. like James Madison was out there, Charlie, for £40 million. Pounds. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know we shouldn't really be speaking about him, but... £40 million pounds for James Madison would have been perfect. Mm. You've got Lucas Paqueta. He was fantastic last night. He was absolutely sensational for West Ham United. Like, I, I look at a left-sided midfielder and I looked at Paqueta's performance yesterday and I thought, wow, this is what a midfielder should be doing. Mm. Being physical, being dominant, um, going past players, passing the ball, interchanging, doing what a midfielder should do. And I look at Kai Havertz and I'm really, really worried because I think when I watch him play lately, he seems to be hiding. Mm. He seems to be hiding. And that, for me, that is the big, big worry because as a footballer, poor performances can happen. Yeah, you can play bad. You can not be up to it one week. Then the other week, your performances could come back to that level that they should be. But when you're hiding in games, when you're not demanding the ball, when you're not really making an impact... Like, I look at Havertz and he just seems stiff. And I know I keep saying this, but he just doesn't seem right for an Arsenal midfielder. No. And you look no. at Mikel Arteta's recruitment, and you'd probably have to include Fabio Vieira in that, yeah. in, the, in, in, in that debate. Because, again, he's a player that's been brought to try and fill the void when Martin Odegaard's out, to try and offer Arsenal something else from an attacking point of view. But I know... He's had a few good performances, but still, I need to be seeing more from Fabio yeah. Vieira. Yeah. This is his second season in an Arsenal shirt. We can't be in a situation where we're talking about, oh, we need to give Fabio Vieira time to get accustomed to the league, to get accustomed to his players, the culture. No, he's, he's in his second season. season. Yeah, he, he should be putting in performances now. And I look at our midfield, and I think Mikel Arteta's recruitment has not been up to scratch. In in, yeah. in 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 this position, definitely, and I think yeah. come the summer, it would not surprise me if Arsenal go out again to try and sign a left-sided midfielder, because right now I don't think this will work. Mm-hmm. I don't think this Havertz um, experiment is going to work. Yeah, I, I mean, with Havertz, I, as I said, I, I think his best position is a striker, and but is it? But is it? But is it a striker as a number nine, like first choice striker? <laughs> Yeah, that's the, see, that's the thing because I'm not going to choose him over Gabriel Jesus if exactly. Gabriel Jesus is fit. Uh, but I like the fact that he can come on and he can kind of he has that presence up front. But he's obviously not; he's just not worth 65 million. That that that's kind of the the whole package of what I'm saying. He's not worth the amount of money that he that he, that that we paid for him. I don't think he should be playing in that left centre mid role. If anyone out of the players that we've got at the moment that, well, let's say that played last night, Fabio Vieira has kind of been the best kind of 
attacking player in that left-hand side. But I think our best midfield is when we've got Partey, Rice and Odegaard. So we've got two kind of more defensive-minded players that Rice we know can push on and he can he can do bits going forward. But then he's very, very good defensively. He's he, We know how good he is. I'm not going to go on about that. But and then also we have someone else defensive like defensive wise like Party or obviously then, in the in the past couple of weeks with injuries exactly uh, in the past couple of weeks Jorginho and Jorginho mm. is another player that's very on and off like against Tottenham awful last night not up to scratch it's one mm. of those ones where you want more stability in the team and I think it's the I think because we've gone from Shaka last season who is, as you mentioned, he's good going forward, but then he's also very good going back. And he's a very well kind of all-rounded player. He's a good all-rounded player that offers more defensive work for Sinchenko, who mm-hmm. isn't, ama- isn't an amazing... Yeah, we're going to speak about him. We're going to speak about him. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the the contrast from Shaka, from going from Shaka to Havertz or Vieira... Two players that aren't obviously as defensive minded uh, as defensive minded as Shaka. It's that that might be where our downfall is. I, I'm not going to say that we've done poorly this season because we've obviously done very well. We're still unbeaten in the league. We're doing well in the Champions League. Yes, we didn't play well against Lons, but even so, we're still doing well. We're top. I think we're top of the group uh, after that uh, mm-hmm. win against Sevilla. So we're doing well there. It's. I think it's. As you mentioned, if there's these injuries and we need backup players, is that going to be what we want? Is that going to be the quality that we want? Obviously, we can't turn around a whole club at once. We can't. But but we've kind of... We have got a better squad depth than what we did last season. So when the likes of Shaka or someone else got injured, we'd find it difficult to replace them in terms of quality. That's obviously still not completely the case here, but it's it's better, and I, I is it better? Is it is it better? Is it better with numbers or is it better with quality? I would like to say quality because mm. because you when they're playing in their right positions, then yes, I think the quality has got better. I think Vieira is still vastly improved from last season mm. i just don't think that he should be playing on that right hand side where odegaard plays when we've seen him play well it's been on that left hand side where Havertz has, has been playing when we've seen Havertz has been playing well it's been at striker when he's come on from the bench when he or when it's in the last when it's in the dying moments of the game and we're, we're wanting to keep a win and we're wanting someone that can hold up play someone that's good at duels but for Havertz to play the whole game I mean, we obviously haven't seen him play the whole game up front yet, but to play the whole game, it's not amazing for him. He's he from what I've seen personally, he's been he's been better coming off the bench. And if we're talking about the as I just mentioned with the midfield, the quality and the personally my favourite midfield is Rice, Partey, and Odegaard. Or at the moment, it'll obviously have to be Rice, Jorginho, and Odegaard two kind of more defensive-minded uh, uh, players and then Odegaard on that right-hand side. And so, yeah, it, it's just a weird one because we have so many players that are good in terms of that they offer a lot of versatility. They're, they can play in a number of positions, but 
that and that's obviously what Arteta's been bringing in. But in doing so, the positions that they're playing in aren't the best, and the and the positions that they are best at, they're going to be backups. And I think mm. that might be where the problem lies. I that it might it might not be, but from what I've just been saying there, that's kind of what it seems like. Yeah, no, I agree. I think even yesterday, like before the game, I was hoping that a player like Emil Smith Rowe would have an opportunity to start the game. And obviously news filtered, um, I think just before kickoff that he was not even in the squad's um report saying that Mikel Arteta has basically said that he suffered a knee injury, something like that, in training or after the game against uh, Sheffield United on the weekend. So they're assessing that. He says it's a big worry. But again, you talk about players. We keep speaking about the fact that we have talented players in our squad. But the key thing for me is if you're not available to play week in, week out, then I'm sorry, we can't keep you. Because... At the end of the day, you have to be ruthless. Thomas Partey, I think if he's fit, he's sensational. Yeah. One of the best midfielders in Europe. He saw last season when he was playing week in, week out, how good we were on the ball, his progressive passing, the way he he, he wins duels defensively. He, he's always um, aware of what's going on behind him. But this season, he just keeps picking up injuries and injuries and injuries. And then when apparently he's going to come back, reports emerging that he could be back um, by the time the Christmas period starts. Give it a month, he'll be going away to African Cup of Nations UE with Ghana. So again, we'll miss him for that. So then you talk about the fact that he's not really playing for Arsenal. And again, it's a a situation that we have to think about, I think, in the upcoming months. Um, One player I want to speak about is Alexander Zinchenko. And if I'm honest, Charlie, I've not been impressed Mm. by him this season. And I'm slightly worried because, again, everyone knows how good he is on the ball. Um, Very talented footballer on the ball, um, likes a pass. Um, He's great when he does that inverted role. But defensively, he's shocking. Yeah. Defensively, he is not a good defender. And... I don't know what it stems from, lack of concentration, or just not being really good defensively. <laughs> I just don't think he has the defensive mouse. Yeah. To be honest, you saw it last season in the mistakes that he made. You go back to the Anfield game when Liverpool played Arsenal. He makes that mistake towards the end. You go back yesterday, like defensively, it's it's a ball that's sprayed out wide to Mohamed Kudus. And Alexander Zinchenko is nowhere near it. And he backs off and he mm-hmm. gives Kudus all that time to bring it down and plant a beautiful shot into the corner. I think it goes through Gabriel's legs. Yeah. But defensively, he's mm-hmm. not all that. And I think that's the reason why Mikel Arteta signed Yuri and Timber. And it's unfortunate because obviously Timber's got injured. We keep yeah. speaking about it, but I keep saying it, but it's just so bad. It's yeah. so unfortunate that he picked up that injury because I think he would have been... <clears throat> A vital cog to our yeah. system. But thankfully now, Tomiyasu is starting to pick up form. Yeah. And I think the fact that he never started last night, 99%, I'm sure, will be starting on the weekend at Newcastle in place of Zinchenko. But yeah, Zinchenko's a worry. I keep saying about the fact that in the Champions League, when we play Mbappe, Sane, 
Vinicius, these talented wingers, Zinchenko, do you think he's capable of stopping them? Yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Mikel Arteta would play Tomiyasu, wouldn't he? Or Timber. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But now we're in a situation that is he good enough to be our starting left back? No, no, he's he's not. And I th- I think over the past couple of weeks, I think Tommy Asu's been been the better player. And obviously Timber has come in. So when he's fit, hmm. he'd probably start in place of both of them. But you know what? Just what I was just thinking then when you were mentioning that and the fact that we were just talking about Shaka. Why don't we see Zinchenko play where Shaka's been playing? Because he, yes, he's not amazing defensively, as we just mentioned. He's done it for the He's a more he? defensive minded player. And maybe we can see Declan Rice in the middle where he's been, where he has been previously playing. But then Zinchenko can press up as well. We've seen that. And he plays in midfield for Ukraine. So I personally I would love to see Zinchenko in that left-hand side midfield role because he when he inverts. He, and he's when he's on the ball and he's he's a good passer, he's good on the ball, he's quite agile, he, he he's quite quick, he's kind of like quick at turning on the ball as well. He's good, he's good at that. And it's the defensive side that's obviously that that is kind of dragging his performances down. But when he's in that inverted role, he plays well, but then also he pushes too far over to that other side. Sometimes we even see him on that right hand side, and he's a left back. Mm-hmm. So he, when you mentioned that that he Zinchenko was almost nowhere to be seen, we've seen that previously where he's actually been almost a right CDM, and he's having to kind of track back that amount of uh, of kind of distance to get back into his position, and it's not really what we what we're looking for. And maybe seeing Tommy Asu and Zinchenko on that left hand side. That's a bit more defensive, but then it's good on their their two play. Well, Zinchenko is obviously really good on the ball, and Tommy Asu is very good defensively. And to be fair, he's not bad on the ball, as we've seen when he's inverted himself. Maybe that could be a very good option for us, and I would like I would actually really like to see that, especially with the fact that, as I was just mentioning, Jorginho is very on and off, on and off. Sometimes that's the same with Zinchenko, but that's more defensively. He's more on and off. On the ball, he's normally he's very consistent. And seeing Declan Rice in that middle, I think in the middle, Declan Rice, that's probably his best position. Um instead of the, the left hand side. Yeah. Exactly. So to be fair, I, I would love to see that. And I to be fair, speaking of it now, I'm pleading Arteta to for for us to see it at some point at least so we know what it looks like. I'm sure that Arteta's thought of it already and he's and we've seen and he's seen it in training or whatever but i would like to see, <laughs> i would i would like to see it with my own eyes hmm. personally so so then we can kind of compare what it's like with with Havertz what it could part, part, um could possibly be like from what it was like with Shaka uh i i think that could be quite a quite a good idea because they have somewhat similarities but then Zinchenko is obviously better on the ball than Shaka. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact, that, I think it's just the fact that Zinchenko plays in midfield for Ukraine. And he even, he scored against England, didn't he? Well, uh, whenever it yeah, was. Yeah, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Right? So he's clearly capable of that kind of attacking role that he could kind of implement into his playing style. Mm. So maybe that could be 
hopefully something that we could see but whether it's going to happen i'm not sure especially after obviously bringing Havertz in after 65 million and we're obviously playing him there Vieira, smith rowe Declan rice has been playing there at the moment with Jorginho in the middle i'm sure that there'll be some other concoction as well coming up but whether we're going to see that i don't know i'd like to but yeah it's, i don't know yeah no it's, it's an interesting point i think Mikratea, he could have trialed it on the weekend against Sheffield United, to yeah. be honest, because he rung the changes. Um, he rotated heavily for that game. So if you want to try something new, something different, something unique, maybe Zinchenko in midfield would have been perfect for that yeah. game. But yeah, I just think right now, um, when you talk about defensively, when you talk about who should be starting like as our left-back, I think it's Tomiyasu. I think you play Newcastle United um, on Sunday, Saturday, I think it is Saturday um, evening. And then obviously you play Sevilla in the Champions League um, in the following uh, couple of days. I think in those two games, Tommy has to start because they're two big games for us. Yeah. And I think he has to start because he's just more reliable, to be honest. Yeah. You know what you're going to get with him. He's a safe player, yes, but I'm confident that nine times out of ten in these big games, he'll do a job, and he's proved it time and time again. Mm. When he shut up shop against Mohamed Salah, I think it was last season, he was yeah. fantastic, and he does it time and time and time again. And why do you think Mikel Arteta relies upon him so much? Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting player. one. Um just to wrap up, Charlie, final thoughts. Um, how, how do you feel in terms of the exits from the Carabao Cup? Uh, I just think I think that maybe we need to try out different positions for players. I, I think that seems like the main message of what we've basically been speaking about. Well, uh, me anyway, with the fact that I'd like to see Havertz up front. I'd like to see, I, I don't want to see Vieira on that right-hand side where Odegaard plays. I want to see him more on the left-hand side. If he's going to play, I want to see Zinchenko in that left-hand sided centre mid role. And yeah, from what you said with, with with the injuries and how liable they are, some of them there needs to be that discussion on whether we keep them, keep their wages in our kind of bill book. Because tell me what, tell me the last time when Partey had a run of games, it's ridiculous the fact that he's already out again. I don't even, you know, you know, the funny thing is, I don't even know where that injury has come from. It wouldn't have surprised me if he got injured at that gender reveal that he's had. <laughs> like, honestly, you look at the pictures, did you see the pictures? Yeah. How far he's put his leg up to kick the ball, like, <laughs> and then, like, extraordinary, like, he gets basically, he's out for about four, four or five weeks. Uh, he's he's obviously getting on as well in, in the footballing world, but... Uh, he's such a good player, and I think that's where we're finding it difficult to kind of get him to get him out of the club because when he's fit, as you mentioned, he is so good. He is so good, and as I mentioned, Declan Rice, Partey, Odegaard, midfield, which we haven't really seen yet. I I'd love to see it week in week out, but the way that it's going, we're never going to because Partey's never fit. Uh, and when he is, he plays one game or comes on from the bench and then he's injured again. That's what it seems like anyway. So, 
You can only laugh at this point, you know. Oh, honestly, so many times. <laughs> it's, he's so liable. He is so liable to an injury. Uh, and, it, I mean, Jesus, I feel so bad even, for him. Even, even him. Like, when you talk about injuries, he's starting to pick up a lot of injuries as well. A lot. A lot. Yeah. We, we never saw that at City. I, I swear, anyway, from what I can remember. But, I mean, actually, quickly, before, before we wrap up, I feel bad for Ramsdale. I really feel bad for Ramsdale because we were saying... But yeah, it's a good point. Oh. We never spoke about Ramsdale. Like, yeah. you see, I don't know what it was yesterday, but I looked at a goalkeeper that was short on confidence. Mm. I'm not it surprised. possible, yeah. I'm, I'm not mm. surprised because of the fact that David Rye has taken his number one shirt. Mm. You're obviously going to feel upset, aggrieved. And you look at Ramsdale, he's a goalkeeper, I think, that relies on confidence. Mm. He wants to feel happy every time he steps out. Um, on the, onto the pitch but I looked at him yesterday and I saw his facial expressions and it wasn't the same upbeat Aaron Ramsdale mm-hmm. and I think a lot of Arsenal fans are probably being a bit too harsh with um, I think it's the Jared Bowen goal I think at mm-hmm. first instance when he hits that shot it's an Aaron Ramsdale mistake but obviously when replays come to equation He's taken a massive deflection, yeah, I think, exactly. from Kibi or something. He's done, he's done quite well to get a touch to it as well. Yeah. So. But yeah, just... I think I think we could... It could be the start of the end for Aaron Ramsdale's um, career. Or something. I really hope not. I just can't see any way back, to be honest, because I just think Mikel Ateta, in his mind, right. he's got his number one goalkeeper. The thing is, though, it, even so, I think... I would still like to see Ramsdale possibly play a little bit more instead of just playing in the Carabao Cup and when the FA Cup comes up. Because, as you just mentioned, he's someone that thrives off this kind of confidence and thrives off uh, almost a run of games and uh, and kind of like what he does with the fans, with, with away fans and stuff like that, when they kind of give him a load of stick and then he gives it back. He thrives off that and thrives off that confidence. And... He is such a good keeper. And Ryan, I mean, I'm obviously still not convinced about Ryan, which is why I mentioned it. I'm still not completely convinced. And I, I know what Ramsdale can do for us. I can't. I haven't quite seen that from Ryan yet. I think we saw a glimpse of it against Tottenham when he made that really good save. But then he kind of threw that away with the mistake that he made. So, yeah, I'm not completely convinced, whereas Ramsdale, I know what he can do and he helped us so much last season. So I'm still, I would still prefer him, but having Wright and Ramsdale, both of them confident, if we have that, if we have both of them confident keepers playing, obviously not week in, week out, but more often, they are two keepers that are ve- that could be very, very good quality that, I mean, really, when you speak about backup keepers, you think of, I'm not I'm not kind of trying to diss him or anything like that, but Matt Turner, Ramsdale, Matt Turner, there's obviously a drop-off there. Ryan Ramsdale, obviously, I, I think that there's a drop-off from Ramsdale to Ryan, but two good keepers. It, no, I agree with you, like but does that work? Yeah. I don't think it does. Mm. I don't think it does because... The evidence right now proves that Ramsdale has uh, not been starting games. Ra has been starting games. Aaron Ramsdale is the number two. If it was more of a rotation-based um, partnership and Ramsdale was playing certain games, as he said, 
and Raya's playing certain games, as you said, then that could work. But I just don't think it works in, in mm. high-level football yeah. because your number one goalkeeper has to be playing week in, week out to get that yeah. momentum, to get into the swing of things. If he's playing one week and then the next week he's not playing and Ramsdale comes in, it's, for both That's goalkeepers, true. there's not going to be a rhythm there, is it? Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's but difficult. Yeah, it's, just... it's really difficult, man. <sighs> I feel what can bad you do? For what can you do? Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, though. Um, after Arsenal's disappointing Carabao Cup uh, exit, um, but I just want to say a massive thank you um, to everyone that has supported us on the channel. Uh, we officially passed one hundred thousand subscribers um, just this week. Um, so, a massive thank you from myself and Charlie for everyone's support, um, feedback, likes, comments etc keep saying to everyone we couldn't be here without um everyone in the comments supporting us so a massive thank you um to everyone for that charlie you want to say a few words yeah just thank you for all your support really it's a it's an amazing achievement hitting what uh, 100k after i think i think it's been set up for about two years or something like that and it obviously i've I, i've been here for just over a year um but obviously the work that you guys have put in beforehand is brilliant and we, we've grown so much since it since I, at least I came here. So it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Thank you for everyone uh, that's that's really helped us along the way. Really, yeah. Can only echo those um, thoughts. But yeah, hope everyone's not too upset by the result um, yesterday. I think we've got bigger fish to fry, and I think um, I think Marcus said it at the start of the show. Onwards and upwards. We've got a massive game this weekend at St James's Park against a Newcastle United team that will be banged up for it. I think, look what they've done to Manchester United. But saying that, it's not that hard Man, yeah. to put Manchester United to sort <laughs> these days because, yeah, as you just said, it is Man United. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game on Saturday. Um, we'll have pre-match press conferences tomorrow from Mikel Arteta and hopefully Eddie Howe. Um, so, look forward to that. But, Charlie, thanks for jumping on this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you to everyone watching and, and of course, listening yeah thank you as always but yeah if you have enjoyed the show folks make sure to drop a like comment subscribe and keep following us down the arsenal way whether it's the legendary lionesses grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues women's football news has it all covered a brand new monthly magazine packed with news interviews and expert opinion don't miss women's football news Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's football is here to stay, and so are we.